Welcome to Anyone's Game with KC and Andy. <laughs> Don't tickle me. <laughs> Welcome to the show. We are brothers, gamer nerd brothers, that uh, we talk about board games that have been maybe passed over, maybe been on the shelf for a little while. Sometimes the hottest, newest games, sometimes some vintage games. This is Anyone's Game. Talk about games that anyone can play. I'm KC, and that's my brother Andy. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the show again. We have some very special guests with us today that are making faces at us right now in the camera. This is going to be very difficult, It man, is. Because she's tickling me right now. <laughs> We brought our wives along with us on this recording uh, to talk about games that they wanted to feature, that they believe anyone can play, <laughs> that we've all played together. And we have played a lot of games together. So first of all, let me let you introduce your wife. All right. This is my wife, Jennifer. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And what about your wife? Oh, my wife's name is Anita. Hello. All right. There you go. Short and sweet. So we've all um, played games together for quite a long time. We, uh, it's one of our favorite things to do, obviously, as brothers. But when we get together, we often include each other. And we were talking about, before the podcast started, we were talking about some of the games that we've played together and had a little bit of a laugh mm -hmm. about um, playing Ticket to Ride a couple of times. Oh, man. And Ticket to Ride is really fun. Although I know, Anita, you um, don't like it when people like intentionally like take your track. You like to play kind Ticket to Ride, is that right? <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. Ticket to Ride, kind version. The kind version. <laughs> that's really funny you said that because um, that's still a topic in our house. Um, because the one woman that always wins Ticket to Ride is Jennifer. Uh -huh. The last time, explain what happened the last time we played with our son Patrick. Well, he won. Well, what happened? Well, he blocked my train. Yeah. <laughs> sabotaged his own mother. He yeah, did. exactly. <laughs> if you remember, we played the European Ticket to Ride. So the first person that starts is the person that's traveled to the most countries. Well, Jennifer danced on three different cruise ships and has been to every country in the world. So I she always not, gets to go first. I do get to go first. That every one time. I win. So in Ticket to Ride, you draw train cards and um, you play those colored train cards and you lay different train cars on the map to connect different cities and you try to complete these cards that are destination cards that may complete a, a, a trip from Dallas to Chicago if you're playing the US version or Paris to London if you're playing the European version. And like Anita said, you can play it very nicely and just try to do your own train rides. Complete your own track and make your way from Chicago to Montreal. No big deal. Nobody's in your way. Right? With those very pretty cards, the rainbow trains. We love the mm. rainbow trains. Yes, the rainbow trains are wild. I realize that that's boring. I realize that that's not as much fun. <laughs> no, it's, it's just as much fun because then it can get kind of bitey when you've been saving trains for that big long eight train at the top connecting yes. somewhere in Russia to Europe or and your son blocks you. Yeah. Yep. 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 Not fun. <laughs> it can be not fun. But that's definitely a game that we played a long time ago it's together. So fun. It's and so that fun. I remember. Yeah. I don't know how Anita is when you like to play games with her, but Jennifer loves it when I pull out a game for the first time and I open up the rule book and I start reading. <laughs> The rules slowly so everyone understands the rules. <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. 
How to put your wives asleep. Or actually, they just leave. They go and make food or they just go talk somewhere. She just goes, I'll learn when we play. I'll learn when we play. Yeah, because we both like to read rule books. Like, we'll get the Mm -hmm. rule book out. We do. Sit in bed and read a rule book. Sit and read them. Yeah. (laughs) I do too. You do that too? Yeah, I do. I do too. I just feel like you pull out a game, a new game. Ooh, exciting. Like at 9 or 9.30. (laughs) I'm like, this is not the right time for my brain. <laughs> and the other thing that's interesting is you don't have the game in front of you. When you read the rule books? Right. So you're like just imagining everything. Yeah. <laughs> so you're playing the game. Right. I, mean, yeah. I struggle. You're right. I yes. struggle to read a rule exactly. book when I'm looking at the game and I've got all the pieces in front of me and I'm going, mm-hmm. still not 100% sure I know what I'm meant to be doing here. <laughs> and you can like visualize it in your... <laughs> Yeah, well, game well, modern rule books do have like big pictures in them, and you know they're the old <laughs> modern, rule books. Modern, modern rule books. As well, opposed no, to so, those ancient. Yeah, the stone right. tablets so, you pull out. <laughs> no, now come on. Do you know you've seen some of the rule books, Casey? That from the old Avalon Hill days and the old things, they look like dictionaries. Yes. There's no pictures or anything in them at all, mm-hmm. and getting through those was pretty rough. And the new rule books have pictures, and they have um, like walking through a turn and showing you what it would be yeah so it's like a storybook it's like story time everybody sits around on a pillow yeah. has their chocolate milk and we show you the pictures <laughs> yes it's exactly like right. that <laughs> or you just watch a video and forget the rule right or you just watch a video <laughs> or you just start playing the game and learn how to play it when we play that's jennifer's favorite way of playing a game or so, you listen to anyone's game and you get to hear it there you go oh, oh good good job you get a plug well, how about that yeah right <laughs> Um, so today, what we're going to do is um, we're going to have our wives explain games that they love to play that mm-hmm. anyone can play. And it was really, I know, Jen, it was really hard for you to choose. Oh, it's so hard. Um, there are so many games that, you know, obviously that we like, that we have so many memories with and for different reasons. So, yeah, it was really hard. I like so many games. Yeah, and Anita had the same thing. Uh, I asked her, and she kind of bounced between a few different games, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we've... We, like Jen said, we've played so many games, but there's always so many different scenarios that we're in. And it's usually when we're with family um, and we all get together. And there's always really funny stories that kind of go with. We have played a lot that. of games, too. So it was kind of like, wow, how many games have we played together? We played lots of different games. So it's hard to choose one. Mm-hmm. But I think we, we chose a good one. I think you chose a good one. And and to be clear, this is an episode where we had our wives choose the games that they wanted to talk about that they feel like anyone could play and they had good memories of. So that's that's where we are right now. And that's what we'll do and feature these games right now. Yeah, I think uh, you guys should go first. Anita, if you don't mind leading off, what game did you choose? I chose Just One. Oh, that's an excellent choice. Love that game. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll go ahead and explain the game, and then I'll have Anita chime in and tell her what she likes about it, and we'll have a discussion. Sound good? Sounds awesome. So tell us about Just One in Not So New. The game that Anita chose is the game that she feels anyone can play, and her one of her favorite games is Just One. Uh, Just One is from Repost Productions uh, around 2018. Um, it's for three to seven players, ages eight and up. But I feel like Valentina, when she played it, she was a little younger, right? Yeah, she, was I think like, she was about six when she played it for the yeah, first time. That's pretty cool to have her play at that uh, that age. And oh, the game takes between 30 and 60 minutes, depending on how much someone thinks when they're trying to think. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, now this is really interesting, and one of 
the reasons I think you chose it is because this is a cooperative game, a cooperative party game where you as a family can all win or lose together. Um, but really, you don't really lose because you're playing to like the optimum points, which is 13. 13 is the top points you can get. And ironically, is also our mom's lucky number, mm -hmm. uh, 13, because she was born on the 13th. Yep. And um, she also would have been amazing at this game because she knew every word in the dictionary that no one knows. <laughs> yes, if you listen to the podcast before, we talked about her studying Latin and could not play word <laughs> yeah. games against her. Exactly. She would have been amazing at this, yeah. Yeah, but since it's cooperative, that would have been awesome. So, Anita, I know you're a little nervous on how to explain a game, but tell us how to play just one. There are 13 cards. You shuffle the cards, put them face down. Each of the cards has got five words on there. That's the clue word that you're gonna, that everyone's gonna try and get you to say. Um, so you select the top card, put it in the easel facing away from you so you can't see what it is and all the other players can see the cards. And then you choose a number between one and five, which denotes which word on that outfacing card is gonna be the word for that round. Then when you've said number four, whichever one it is, everyone's going to write down word on their easel relating to that word, trying to get you to say it. But they're not allowed to write a word that's got that word in it. So if it was mouse, you couldn't have mouse trap. I don't think you can have the same word in another language. So I don't think you can just write the foreign language version of it. No, no. Um, and it can only be one word, obviously. Hence the name. And then once everyone's finished, pens are down, everyone reveals their words to each other, and the guesser's got their eyes closed at this point. And then you look to see if you've got any duplicates. And if there are any duplicates, unfortunately, they are discarded. Um, and so whatever is left are the words in play. And then the player opens their eyes, and then you reveal the words that are left. And then that's when they look at the words and have got to guess what their word is. And if they guess it right, what happens to the card? It does a little dance. <laughs> <laughs> this is an amazing game. Yeah, it's, it's really a good hook. It's dancing cards. Dancing cards. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> they score a point, right? They score the card, which is one point. Yes, right? that's what I meant to say. Sorry. Oh, right. Yeah, that's all right. Or you can, if you don't feel like you know it, you can pass. What happens if you pass? You lose the point. But there's a third option. If, if you give the wrong answer, what happens? If you give the wrong answer, you lose the point, but then you also lose the top card off the pile. So then you end up losing two points. Wah, wah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then? And then after you guess incorrectly or correctly or whatever? It's the next player's turn. That's right. <laughs> and you... Do a little dance. <laughs> and then play passes to the left, and you keep doing that until right. either all the cards are guessed or right. discarded, and then you score your points. Exactly, because your brain works like someone explaining how to play a game, <laughs> and my brain does not. That's Do why a little dance. Everything does a little dance. So that's it. That's just one. Tell me a little bit about why you chose this game and what you think is so cool about it. Um, so there's lots of things that I like about it, but one of the first things that I wanted to share is the fact that um, anyone can contribute to the game. So we've played it with lots of different configurations of people. We've played it with family members who are used to playing lots and lots of games and very comfortable and very outgoing and you know not self-conscious when they're playing a game. And then we've also played it um, with kids at birthday parties. 
really young kids really too. young kids and maybe kids uh, one of the times that we played it some of the kids that were playing you could tell that they don't probably play many board games but everybody can play anyone can play because everybody can think of a word associated with a word that's right um and so in that sense it really um is a game that anyone can play so that's one of the main things that i like about it yeah well, casey and i were talking about accessibility and that's one of the main things about this game in fact, so much so that I remember when Valentina first started to play, she couldn't spell very well. Mm-hmm. And she would be really self-conscious. And, and even Lorenzo, too, I believe, would write a word and maybe think they spelled it wrong. And we're like, it's okay. It's cool. We'll figure it out. If you misspell it, you know, if a yeah. word is back, what letters backwards or something. And that was really cool. And they, they kind of their eyes lit up and it's like, oh, okay, I get it. Right. Yeah. Right. And so they can be included. And so, you know, you don't have that situation if it's a... A family gathering or the holidays or something it's not a game that oh well you're a bit too young it's everybody can play it um so one of the other things that i really like about it is that it kind of fosters creative thinking because i think that it's easy to kind of just think of that first word association it's like oh it's train so i'm gonna say whatever it is i'm gonna say thomas um, you know. <laughs> so that that's coming from a British background. That's not the first thing of I course, would think Thomas, of. But yeah, Thomas, the tank engine. Yeah, sure. Well, that was one of the. Where, where I was we... going to say tracks, but right. you know. Well, there you go. Anyway, um, so you can do the obvious one. So it fosters that creative thinking. So I think that when because you usually play obviously you know several rounds, and so when people are playing for the first time. They'll may, they may go for that easier option. They might just go for that first word that comes to their mind. And then when you do the reveal and they lose, their word gets put away because there's a duplicate and someone else has done it. They learn very quickly. Oh, well, I've got to step it up a little bit in terms of what I'm contributing. I've got to get a little bit more creative and think of something that alludes to it and what have you. But the other thing that I like about that is that also to a degree you can't go too far with your esoteric thinking <laughs> because if you get too out there and we get a couple of duplicates where the words are removed and you've got one really esoteric disassociated word and then one <laughs> like train, um, yes. it's um, really hard for the guesser to guess. So it's really finding that balance. So that's what I like. I like that challenge of finding that right balance and I feel that everybody can do that to their own kind of level, so to speak. And one thing I've noticed that that's happened, especially the last time we played this game, is that you want you want to find that balance and sometimes you don't go for the easy one. You don't go too esoteric, but you don't go for the easy one because somebody's going to write it down and they then nobody writes the right. easy one. That's right. And they're like, oh my God, that would have been so easy. It's That's a great balance, like you said. It's like a double psychology or triple psychology. It's like, I'm not going to do the easy one because nobody will do it. But then again, if I don't do it, nobody will do it. So then I need to do another one. And it's like, yeah, yeah it's great. What else? Uh, so another thing that I really like about the game is that you can utilize unique connections with people. For instance, when we were playing somewhat recently, the main word, I think it was train. And someone did write Thomas. Uh, There were obviously some other train related words, um, but I was trying to help Valentina understand, you know, get the clue. And we had recently been to Ogilvy train station. And so I wrote Ogilvy because I thought, well, no one's going to write that. Pretty sure no one is going to write that. But Yeah, Ogilvy is like the main train station downtown Chicago. Right. Yes. And so it was like a little bit out there, but relevant to the person that we I was. You knew you know, she would get it in an instant. I knew yeah. that she would get it in an instant. And I knew the chances were high that no one else would write that. So I like the fact that you can pull on those unique connections um and another time we had recently been reading a book and i think the clue was um 
butterfly and I felt like there were very limited uh, limited words that you could present for that. And so I wanted to go for something that she would, I felt like she would get. And we had been recently reading a book and it had Azure butterfly in there. And so I put you that. You said Azure. I did. Yes. And then that coupled with the few other words, even if we lost some words, I felt like she would know what it was. And so I feel like that unique connections, you've all, sometimes you've got like a little in thing with a person. That's true. Yeah. So, and come to think of it, in a lot of party games, that doesn't work because if you use a clue that it's like too specific to someone. Nobody else gets it exactly. except for that one person. But in this case, it works. It works, it works in your favor. In your favor, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a great idea. Yeah. So that's um, that's one of the things that I like about it in terms of gameplay. And then just like in the general experience, one of the things that I really like about it afterwards, once everyone's shown their words, is hearing when everyone says what they were going to say. And they're like, well, I was going to put this. <laughs> but then I thought, oh, well, someone's going to put that. And then and just like all that conversation that happens afterwards. And there's that one conversation that, that always happens, too, is if they don't get it or they pass the word and then some people had flipped theirs over because they had duplicates. They're like, OK, OK, what if this was there, too? What if you had seen this clue? Would you get it? Oh, you would have gotten it. Oh, no. That's a great one, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to also say, too, that this game, because it's a cooperative party game, when you're done playing it, there's less of a failure feeling. You kind of just feel like, oh, okay, that's fine. And, and, you know, we lost a point or whatever, but who cares? And Mm -hmm. keeping score is secondary, where as some party games, when there's teams involved and things like that, and competition can get fierce. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't get something, it's like, oh, dude, come on, man. Don't you remember? You know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You talk like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you hit something on that, um, uh, on the age range thing, because I remember when we played with Lorenzo, when we were together at Christmas time. And we were like, well, I don't know if this will be, it'll be fine. Let's, let's try it. And he was putting out brilliant clues because of his childlike mind at that time. It was the first thing that came to his mind. And as opposed to us trying to figure out what would everybody else write, he was so good at it. And we've played this game with your mom. Yeah. And she's how old? 98. She's 98 years old. She knows a lot of words. I bet she knows a lot of words. (laughs) Yeah. I remember the, it was a sound effect word. That Lorenzo did. I, I think it was like a superhero thing or something. I can't remember exactly, but he put like kaboom mm. or some sound effect. And that literally made the person realize what it was. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is just one. Um, uh, great. Anything else? Final words there, Anita, on your pick for anyone's game? I did have one final thing. Oh, great. But I do think that this is probably something that can be applied to many games that you play, that we play, but particularly this one, is there's always at least one really funny memory from when we played it. Either because someone thought the word said that, but actually it said something different. So we've had one of those. <laughs> yeah. That was really funny. And I really wish I could remember what the misinterpretation was because it would really give context and everyone else would think it's funny, not just us. Um, <laughs> there, there are always just really funny, unique, funny stories where either someone doesn't know something or they miss. I know we've had a couple of misinterpretations um, <laughs> along the way. So it's just, you know, always, always makes for really good, funny memories as well. Great game. Good choice, Anita. And, Love that and this won Game of the Year, didn't it? A few years ago? I believe it did. It did. And what is the Game of the Year award there in Germany, Jennifer? Oh. You, you can say it because we, we've already set off the, um, the GND with that word. I forgot. Spiel des Jahres. <laughs> wow, I like the way she says it. Oh, that's cool. 
that's I think how it's really pronounced. I think so. Really, it's uh, it's won a lot of awards. Um, yeah, it won the Spiel des Jahres um, back in 2019. Um, but that's great. This yeah. game can be bought anywhere. You can find it anywhere. Friendly local game store, online, everywhere. Pick it up. Play it with your family. You really, really enjoy it. Just one. Thanks for that recommendation, Anita. It's nice to have you on the podcast, too. This was actually a lot of fun. There you go. Yeah. So you get more relaxed and you kind of get into it. That's right. Thanks, you guys. Uh, We're going to pass it over to you now. Fun. Okay, thanks, man. So, Jennifer, you had a lot of different games on your mind. I know every other day she's thinking about a different game that she wanted to talk about on the podcast. I couldn't decide. So what did you land on for our not-so-new Wives' Choice? Okay, so this game, uh, I decided on Gestures because it's been around for a long time. We've been playing it for a long time, and it's still fun, and we still play it. We do. Gestures is from 1990, back in the day. Four to 99 players. Plays in about 10, 20 minutes or so, depending on how long you want to play. Ages eight and up, but probably six and up. I think people, yeah, kids, sure. kids can play it. So tell us how to play Gestures. So, yeah, this is super fun. Um, and I love I love the game pieces. So I love the little uh, slate. It's like a movie slate. You know, those um, the little um, take one, you know, where the slate comes down. I don't know what the bar comes down. What's it called? Clapperboard. 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 In the rule book, which I, you know me, I don't read rules, but I just did for this. for Since 1990, she just opened the rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that clapperboard is called the mimer timer in this game. (laughs) That's great. It's going to time the mimer. So I just love that, too. I love Mm -hmm. the pieces of it. This is a take on charades. I think everybody, uh, if you if you can play charades, you can do this, and mm-hmm. I just think it's fun. Okay, so you have cards in this deck, and if you have them facing one way, it's one point. If you turn it upside down, there's a, a harder word that is three points. And then there's another deck that does the same thing, and there's two words facing one way. It's two points. You turn it upside down, and it's a four point. You just pick who goes first. You have teams. You pick four cards and you can pick whichever easy or hard, however your card you want to pick. You put the cards in this game piece, the Mimer timer, Mimer timer, and you put the cards inside this and it starts ticking away once you let the arm drop. And it has this great ticking sound that kind of makes you crazy. And... (laughs) Uh, the cards will drop one by one. So you have to get those cards and grab the card and take it out once you get your team to guess the card. After they guess the word that you're trying to act out, you pull the card. So sometimes you're acting out and it drops. And Mm -hmm. then you just have to go to the next one. So you want to do them in order of easiest to hardest, usually of what you think your team's going to guess. So that at least you get some points right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just got to commit fast. And And then you add up those points. And then you add up the points. They have a a crayon that you write on on your slacker board. Did I say that right? Slacker board. (laughs) (laughs) I've never called it that. The slate. I always called it a slate. That's the mimer timer. The mimer timer. But it's on the front of it, yeah. You write with a crayon your team's name. You can make up names. And then then you keep your score on that. 
but it's always hilarious. It's fun. You can use the charades rules, you know, like tug on the ear sounds like you can do all of that, but sometimes using those takes up time. So you just have to keep that in That's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point because normal charades, you have to do the, oh, it's a movie, it's two words, that kind of a thing. This is a one word answer and you're just trying to get it as fast as possible. So you're just doing whatever it takes to get your, your team to guess it. Yeah, I just love this game for kind of the same reasons that Anita picked her game that we were talking about. Um, because it's creative and it's surprising. People that may not feel comfortable in certain games feel comfortable in this game and they totally commit. There's always a great funny memory coming out of this game. Very true. And there's always always a time for some reason that you get it, your team guesses the word and it's right. And you go to grab the card and it literally slips between your fingers always. and drops. Yeah, it drops between before you get to grab it. Right? Oh, it yeah. always happens. You're like, no. Yes. And then, but then you're like, oh no, I got to get to the next word. Like, what's one of your favorite memories of this game? We've played it so many times with so many family members over so many years. <laughs> um, we played it once with my side of the family, um, and when my dad was still alive, <laughs> and he didn't play games like this. Like we didn't normally play cards or you know that kind of stuff. And he totally committed to this, oh, and I mean committed. And um, he can't hear very well, and so. We're all waiting for him. I think he had um, doorbell. It was doorbell. So he literally started and he ran as he was elderly at the time as he could all the way over to the door to ring the doorbell in the house. By the time he got over there, all the cards were gone. All the timer was out. Everything. And we're just dying dying laughing. And he was was clueless. And he's over there. Ding, dong, ding, dong, ding, dong, ding. On the doorbell. (laughs) He comes back in the room. We're like... Doorbell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there's that experience, and we all just howled over that one, you know, for sure. But also on your side of the family, our um, our nephew David, he was really small um, and kind of quiet, and we pulled out this game, and I mean, he committed, and we were like, where did this come from? And it was something about a boat, but it looked like he was going through acting out having a heart attack. (laughs) That's right. And I mean, full on. And he was getting frustrated with us, too, like we weren't getting it, but fun. You know, it was totally fun. So it was really surprising to see that come out of him and, uh, you know, it was a bonding experience for sure with the family. So that's gestures. They did. Um, I, I noticed they did a an electronic version in 2005, and you just press if you got it or not on the on the uh, actual unit. And I don't think it did as well because the first thing before you even explained how to play the game, you were like, "Oh, there's this great clacker board or whatever," right, you say. Right, right. and um, that's part of it. That was the uh, the tactile of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really really mm-hmm. fun to have. You, you looked up where you could get it and everything, didn't you? She did her research. Where can oh. you get this game other than your FLGS? Well, you can get it on store? Amazon. Right, right, right. Yeah. But you can get this version on eBay, right? The 1990? Didn't you look and oh, you found it? Oh, that was something? on Amazon. For real? Yeah. The original version? Like yeah. a third-party seller. But it was yeah. like 55 bucks yeah, or something? Yeah, it was pricey. Yeah. yeah, there were some of them that were, you know. But it's not that pricey. There's a new, there are new versions of it, and it's very inexpensive. I think it's around... $13, yeah. $13. That's gestures. That's our not-so-new Jennifer's Choice. Good one.
Thank you. That wraps up our Anyone's Game with Casey and Andy with the amazing feature of our wives with what they like. And last question I'm going to pose to everybody is, Casey and Jen, what game are you going to be playing next? What are you looking forward to playing next? Ooh. I'm not sure. But for me, I think my answer is a game that you got at Christmas time. And it's a game that I think I would like to play again right away. The Great British Baking Show, the game. So oh, totally. Yeah, I couldn't believe you guys didn't use that for your food episode. Oh, there are so, so many. many food I games know. Yeah, there are a lot. We had a tough time choosing, but yeah. So really quickly, this game that she got because she's seen every episode of the Baking Show, um, and it's excellent because it's a speed game, and you pull out cards, and you're trying to build whatever bread or pudding or cake or something, and you're trying to build it with these cards, and you don't have a soggy bottom. Definitely not. Right. right. Never a soggy bottom. Yes. Oh, see, she's says it correctly. So uh, the Great British Baking Show is a really, really fun game. I think I'm looking forward to playing that again with her because she knows the show so well. And so thematically it works, but also you're really good at it for some reason. And I want to beat you building my cakes and puddings and pies. <laughs> and tarts. And tarts. What about you guys? Okay. So what game are you looking forward to playing? All right, Anita. I think we know which one, right? We're going to talk about. We just talked about how it's like one of your favorite games, and I was really surprised. And this is uh, like last episode, we had a deduction game feature. Well, you know, that's what I was going to say. So now I know what you're, I remember when we were recently talking about playing Time Stories. So Time think... Stories. Time Stories. Yes. I really, really enjoyed Time Stories. It was a lot of fun. In a nutshell, what is Time Stories? Oh, she's pointing at me. Okay. <laughs> time Stories is a deduction game where you go back in time and you embody people in a certain time period and you have to figure out uh, a mystery by your consciousness entering people's bodies back in that time. Like Quantum Leap? Yes, yes, exactly like Quantum Leap. Yeah. So the cool thing about it is the game comes with one scenario, but there are a bunch of different scenarios you can buy. And it's kind of like our deduction game. It's a deck of cards. But the cool thing about it is when you go to a location on a map, you take cards A through G and you lay them out and it makes a panorama picture. And when you can visit that specific area of that room, you go to the corner and you'd flip over that card and only you see what it says. Mm. And you flip it back over and then you have to come back to the, to the team. It's a cooperative game and tell them what you found on that card. And it could be a puzzle. It could mm -hmm. be some crazy person coming at you and you have to battle them. Mm -hmm. but it could be a riddle. It's a riddle. It could be instructions to how to get somewhere or where the keys are. Or... Cool. It's, it's like an amazing choose your own adventure game with amazing art and a panorama and a more of a mature story to it mm -hmm. that you have to figure out. Now, the cool thing about it is you only have so much time to do it because you're traveling back in time. So if the timer goes to the end, so everything you do costs time points. If you spend all your time points, you zap back to the future. The guy who sent you says, oh, you failed. Nice try. Go back again and try again. And you do it again. But now you have more information like, oh, don't do oh, that because yeah. that's a waste of time. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, go to this other place. Yeah. Don't go to the police station and spend time in there looking to get that yeah. guy out of jail or whatever. You know, you need to go to this location and yeah. do whatever. That's right. Do. So it's it's kind of like it's almost like a little deduction or a mystery video game in a box. Cool. There's different scenarios. There was a medieval one that was like medieval fantasy, uh, 1970s zombies in Detroit. Mm -hmm. The first one that comes in the box is like a Victorian era asylum in England mm, where fun. something's going on in this asylum. 
really, really cool, really enriching. So I, we're looking forward to playing that again. Mm-hmm. And then when you were talking about the deduction games, the game that you were talking about, Casey. The Initiative. With the Initiative, that was it. Uh, that sounded really appealing. So I listened to that episode and I listened to you talking about that and I thought, oh, wow, that sounds really cool. I would really like, I think I would really like that game. So that's, I think you would. It's a really great game. I think that's definitely when we have a bit of a game night with folks over, I think that that's one that I'd like to play. Looking forward to great. it. All right. Well, thank you, Jennifer, for joining the show. <laughs> thank you, Anita, for joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And on our next episode, we have a very special episode because I believe my brother Andy is going to Gen Con. That's right, going to Gen Con. Which is the largest gaming convention in the universe. No, just in America. <laughs> but it's in Indianapolis every year, and uh, we'll have some hits from Gen Con because I believe there's going to be some new games to talk about, yeah. some older games and things like that. So please follow us on socials. Please tell your friends about the show. Please rate us. If you listen on iTunes, please give us five stars if you like it. Please uh, rate us on Spotify because it really helps out listenership with our little podcast, which is Anyone's Anyone's Game Game with with Casey and Andy. Andy. And Jennifer and Anita. (laughs) And no soggy bottoms. (laughs) (laughs) And here's hoping every... (laughs) And here's hoping everyone plays games that anyone can play.